Welcome to Coming Out Evil. I'm Harley Honey. And I'm Mick Sedusa. Join, Join our descent, descent into villainy. Hello! So today we're revisiting one of your favorite topics according to our data. <laughs> Is it for you all? Is it for us to wear our sexy new Shrek swimsuits? Who knows? But <laughs> anyway, it's a win-win for everybody. <laughs> yes, you all loved the Shrek retrospectives. We've talked about Shrek the movie. We've talked about Shrek the musical. And today we're going to be talking about Shrek 2 arguably one of the best movies in the franchise. <laughs> I love Shrek too. Yeah. Am I bold enough to say better than the first? No. But it is very hard to put any other movie against Far Far Away Idol, even that alone by itself. <laughs> so there's... I do have links to those in the notes. Yeah. So we will after, you know, we're gonna have a true DVD extra experience. <laughs> and the music oh my god, the musical number in this? I just, I'm so excited. Oh, Literally. There's just so much. I actually have some background info about the movie that I wanted to go over. A little, you know, a little primer for what we're about to see. Historical context. (laughs) (laughs) I love some context. Mm -hmm. I've got a history background. (laughs) Okay, so Shrek 2 was, I don't want to say put out. I feel like the phrase put out makes me think of like sex. Released. (laughs) <laughs> release. <laughs> no, I guess I could spin that too. <laughs> release. <laughs> Shrek 2 was ejaculated. <laughs> Conceived. Oh no. Okay, the Shrek 2 was released in 2004 and it is loosely based, just like the first movie on the children's picture book, Shrek by William Stein. It's the sequel to Shrek, which was released in 2001. Its development actually began in 2001 because, as we know, Shrek was, like, insanely popular, right? It performed really well. And so, basically, immediately, they were like, we need to do a sequel. Nice. And also, all of the actors, or I think most of the actors, got, like, a significant bump in salary as well. I think it was like $10 million. Oh my god. Yeah, which was the highest contract that existed in like the voice acting career at the time. Holy shit. So they were making bank Holy the second movie. Holy fucking shit. Yeah, yeah. So if they're like voice acting like the rent is due, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> like. uh, but yeah, and also I was shook. Earlier I was doing research and I exclaimed what? Because I didn't <laughs> I finally get to know. <laughs> because I didn't know that this story was literally and on purpose based on guess who's coming to dinner. Oh, what's that? You've never heard of that movie? No. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> this is a piece of black culture. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so This was a movie that came out in 1967, and it was a romantic comedy drama situation. It stars Spencer Tracy in his final role. He actually, like, died shortly after he um, finished filming for this movie. Sidney Poitier, Catherine Hepburn, and also Catherine Hepburn's niece, Catherine Houghton. I think is what I'll settle on. And it's about an interracial couple, which was a very big deal at the time because it was filmed before the anti-integration laws were, like, lifted. Oh. Yeah. So this is before, like, 
Virginia loving situation? Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I literally mentioned that in the notes is that interracial marriage and interracial sex was still illegal in 17 states until six months before this film was released and after scenes were already filmed. Ooh. Yeah. And they were eventually struck down by Supreme Court case Loving versus Virginia. If you ah. want to go look into that. Ah. <laughs> yes, history students. <laughs> I mean, being like a mixed kid, like you're going to learn that case. Like. But yeah, so this movie is basically like this interracial couple. They just kind of have a whirlwind romance by happenstance. And then they have to introduce each other to each other's parents. <gasps> Juicy. Yeah, and it's oh. 1967. Oh, <laughs> so the white way. woman's parents are like, "Who is coming to dinner?" <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> yeah, and similarly, the black man's parents are like, "Pardon." <laughs> That's so funny, and actually, yeah. oh my god, it's so funny, but not, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was shook because this like movie. I feel like people talk about it a lot, and I have noticed. When I first watched Shrek 2, I feel like I noticed the similarities, but I did not realize they were on purpose. And remember how we were making a case for Shrek being black? I mean... Not only is Shrek black, but I suspect Fiona's family is white. That's true. Because otherwise, how is this based on this film? And her parents are literally white, so... Yeah, so like... And she's stepping into this world both... I mean, there's there's a lot of parallels, you know? So it's not just that ogres are black. With right. a hard R. Yeah. <laughs> it's that Shrek is a black ogre. Because Fiona's a white ogre. That's true. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. <gasps> I think there's a lot to say about respectability, how that gets coded into ogre-ness. Because, yeah. like, how else do you define black ogre versus white ogre? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's definitely really interesting. And I think it's really spicy of them to have filmed this while it was literally illegal. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, also more on that it was Tracy's final role. So he was actually really ill during filming, but like continued filming. So had he not done that, like this movie wouldn't exist, which is wild because it was like awarded. Oh, like in the Library of Congress or something? I really want to watch this movie. Maybe we should, honestly. Yeah. Oh, yes. Library of Congress. So in 2017, on its 50th anniversary, the film was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being, quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. And the score was also Oscar nominated. Damn. Yep. I am so excited to watch this. It's on YouTube to rent, apparently. So oh, cool. I feel like for $4, I can do that for the culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so back to Shrek. <laughs> Shrek 2, which is based on this film. Just incredible. Yeah, it went on to become the highest grossing film of that year in 2004. Wow. Yeah. And it's also DreamWorks Animation's highest grossing film to date. Oh. And the highest grossing film released by DreamWorks Pictures, and it held the title of being the highest grossing animated film of all time worldwide until it was surpassed in 2010 by Toy Story 3. 
a crime, honestly. Yeah. Toy Story 3 did not deserve that. No. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I'm obsessed with that. I think it's extra interesting knowing that 2001, the success of the first movie, and they were Mm -hmm. like, we got to pump this out. And they already had all of these things set up, ready to go. Like, they are just such a good creative team. Though... Speaking of creative team, thanks for saying that. Oh, I'm so good at the segues today. (laughs) A little bit of spice. uh, So development, like I said, began immediately in 2001, following some disagreements among the producers. So the film's first screenwriters, Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio, were replaced because those original screenwriters wanted the sequel to be a traditional fairy tale adaptation boo (laughs) so they were just like nah and they were replaced with adamson and that's how he became the screenwriter for this and he decided to make an adaptation of guess who's coming to dinner like that's just hilarious (laughs) they're like fairy tale and adamson's like nah no (laughs) actually absolutely not yeah that's incredible it's pretty interesting wow i'm also trying to think of the other movies that came out in 2004 i'm pretty sure like the first spider-man with toby Maguire was around that time oh i wouldn't imagine that i guess that makes sense yeah i definitely know okay math Oh, Spider-Man 2, I think, came out that year because we got pulled out of class early to go watch it. That's how hardcore of a Marvel (laughs) fan my dad was. But um, yeah, so like there were some big movies coming out around that year. Like, and for it to be the highest of all time worldwide for a long time. Like, holy shit. I can't believe you got out of school. That's sweet of your dad. He ate that one little thing. That one little thing. Just, you should insert that TikTok sound. <laughs> yeah. that he ate that one little thing. Ate that one little thing. You, you're not that bitch or nothing, but yeah. you still ate that little one. Yeah. That little one thing. Ate that one thing. Okay, last fact about the film is the soundtrack was like really held in high regard. It received two nominations for Academy Awards, and it won best original song oh yeah what's the original song accidentally in love by counting <gasps> crows i did oh, not that's know right. that's yeah. right oh my god i forgot about that that song was written for that movie that's so cute yeah i feel like in case the audience doesn't remember like would we be allowed for you to like sing a bar um, i think so i okay. think we're, we're Just good to dun, ring dun, your bells dun, 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 dun. Come on, come on, the world is coming after. Accidentally in love. That song. Yeah, that song. Yeah, yeah. It won. And it also got nominated for Best Animated Feature. Oh, I should have wrote who beat them. Who won Best Animated Feature in the Academy Awards when Shrek 2 was also nominated? I don't know. Let me see. Best animated feature 2004. <gasps> Finding Nemo. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was like, will <laughs> I be upset by this? <laughs> yeah, Finding Nemo. I fucking love that movie, dude. Yeah, it's a pretty great movie. Shit, okay. I should go watch that like right now, actually. For Shrek 2 to have been beaten by anything, I think Finding Nemo was the one. Yeah, it's just unfortunate they were released the same year. Otherwise, yeah. I think Shrek 2 would have won. Like, Yeah, for sure. But yeah, even though it didn't win Best Animated Feature, it did win Best Original Song. And also the soundtrack charted in the top 10 Aww. of the U.S. Billboard. For wow. Yeah. They were really on their music game. 
Yeah. All right. That's it for me. Thanks Whoa. for listening. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm so excited. Are we ready to start? I think so. All right. So I guess we'll just do this how we normally do it. We're going to start the movie. We'll check in when we have things to say. <laughs> It'll be seconds for you, but maybe quite a few minutes for us. Yes. <laughs> Editing magic. Here we go. We made it two minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> Prince Charming is who opens up this film. Kind of similar to how Shrek reads the fairy tale in the first film, except him doing it is him narrating for himself. As he journeys to Fiona's castle. Like literally talking to himself. Out loud. <laughs> Just by himself. And then he goes and takes off his helmet and he has a hairnet. Yeah. I've never noticed that before. Oh my god. Happy pride. Uh, yes. <laughs> he's a little, you know. Helmet <laughs> hair, Right. He's like, absolutely the fuck not. <laughs> so, yes. It's been really good so far. Yes. And also, just the main character energy of him treating the whole first movie as a prologue is like. Yeah very telling like we're like oh okay this is this guy like yeah. <laughs> okay so we saw accidentally in love super adorable montage love that yes really interesting contrast from the first movie that's true and i love that we saw a lot of shrek thriving in his villainy bag by himself in the first movie and now we get to see like power couple villainy and like yeah. I'm clearly obsessed with that. Like, here we are <laughs> coming out evil the podcast as a couple, but, like... They're literally us. I mean, you know. They moved in together. Yeah. They're settling into their life. We luckily don't have a donkey up our butts, though. That's true. Just Luna. <laughs> Luna the dog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, okay, anyway. <laughs> okay, so we saw that, and they came home, found Donkey, chilling in their crib, not doing shit. Singing to himself. And being a deadbeat. He's like, oh yeah, Dragon's moody, so I figured I'd move back in with y'all. Like, what? Yeah, if you don't go investigate this woman's mood change. With their eight children, no Literally less. Literally so many children. God damn. And then Donkey tries to leave. There's a royal summons. Bugle Boy was going. Like, let him cook. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good and so then they get the note from fiona's mom and dad being like hey we want to give you our blessing for your new marriage and shrek's like nah <laughs> yeah and i think that's the initial dinner quote unquote that's the comparison or like the parallel to guess who's coming to dinner oh gotcha yeah and yeah he's like it's final we're not going immediately cut to the throwing suitcases in the <laughs> fucking trunk of a carriage because <laughs> fiona handles her shit so her. she is who's in charge <laughs> i love it and i love how much that gets exemplified in the fourth movie actually so yeah. oh so good really planting the seeds there <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay so they're traveling big motif honestly in these movies is traveling yeah. hero's journey and all that very true very true mm-hmm. so they're traveling and there's a classic are we there yet reference just Just donkey every two seconds probably are we there yet are we there yet (laughs) classic i had that movie on bootleg as a kid i feel like i remember liking it but at some point it became stressful to watch because there's like a scene where i think one of the kids gets sick or something oh and so as a kid i would like 
I got very skilled at like knowing exactly when that scene was gonna happen. Fair. <laughs> fast forwarding on my little, or not little, actually quite large TV. <laughs> chonky. Yeah, it was chonky. Did you know, TVs used to be cubes. But <laughs> they used to get hot. Right. <laughs> so, and guess who's coming to dinner? The parents are some white liberals, right? So, in their minds, they are open-minded people. But they still are, like, so uncomfortable with this black man coming over and, like, being in a relationship with their daughter. And so I think that it's interesting that we literally see that in Shrek 2 also, <laughs> is them, like, putting on a face. Like, Fiona's like, oh, at least my parents are happy to see us as the entire rest of the crowd that's supposed to be welcoming them looks super uncomfortable. But they're, like, whispering to each other about how uncomfortable they are also. It's yeah. giving we would have voted for Obama a third term if we could. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> Those kinds of white people. Exactly. Also, in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, the dad has like a canonically much worse reaction than the oh. mom. And oh. so I think it's interesting oh. that <laughs> the king was making such an intense face, bro. Like, it was aggressive. Honestly, I'm going to make sure to tweet that picture somehow. I'm going to find a reason to tweet it. So if you want to know what we're talking about, like, go look at Twitter. <laughs> Should we assify the king next? Ah! <laughs> I don't even know how I would do that. <laughs> so honestly, I didn't know how I was going to yassify Lord Farquaad either. So I mean, you just, you're that bitch. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Love that. Oh, buddy. So much has happened. So much. Like, firstly, Donkey <laughs> doesn't understand friend code. Like, why no. is Shrek trying to tell a lie? <laughs> And he just immediately is like, what? He's like, absolutely not. The truck's like, bruh. And points out that he's lying to these white people. The ADHD icon that is Donkey. Literally, he's gotta. This nigga has autism for sure. Yes, autism king. (laughs) Yeah, and then, fuck So if you all had children, they would be, yeah, ogres. Ogres, yeah. Ogres, yeah. (laughs) What? Like, oh. Same vibe as, so if you had kids, they would be black. Yes. (laughs) Just so much. I think it's interesting, too, because basically they are both pulling apart meat and eating the food super messily. Like, they're both acting as, like, ruffian as the other. Like, it's not like either one of them. Right? So it's like him not seeing that they were both just acting an ass. Like, just... Literally. But at least Shrek owns it. The king really thinks he's better than him. And it's just like, bruh. (laughs) It's an impressive parallel to the movie. (laughs) Like, I really thought that it was accidental. But they really set out to do it on purpose. Uh, So incredible and even funnier it's so good so i get to this point where we meet the fairy godmother now fiona Mm -hmm. cries as she shows up and they have like the most aggressively satirized so clearly aimed at disney scene like that's so clearly ripped out of beauty and the beast it's literally a br guest spoof yeah exactly the furniture like catches an attitude at the end (laughs) so good so then shrek comes in and he's like i'm ready to go and she's like when did you decide this he's like when i got here like (laughs) and she's like you are being such a and he's like say it an (laughs) ogre which is just like (laughs) you can imagine a couple being like you are being such a negro right now and he's like i am a negro like i can see that happening between me and harley like right now (laughs) it was giving that very much so that was funny as fuck and 
uh, I'm so excited for the rest of this movie. We are literally 20 minutes in and there's just so much to come. Yeah, and it has already spawned conversation. If you are listening at this point right now, I want to know, reply with the, what do you think of this episode feature? I want to know whether you think Fiona is a white ogre <laughs> or if Fiona is like some kind of mixed allegory or like biracial allegory. Ooh. I think it'll be interesting, too, because I know we're waiting to share our thoughts until Mm -hmm. later, but there is that meme where it's like, Fiona literally chose to be an ogre over a white woman. (laughs) Like, they both did. Like, literally. So, just to, so you have all the cards on the table for you all to make your your choices. (laughs) But, okay. All right. Okay. So, I am conflicted on the hints we have picked up on, because I don't know if somebody watching this movie for the first time would have caught those things. I don't think so. I think that's definitely a second watch kind of thing. Yeah, so I'll wait for those later. But ooh, buddy, it grinds my gears. <laughs> so <laughs> for some reason, the fairy godmother has come and kidnapped the king, and the king is hiding it from the queen. He's like, oh, I'm just, my leg's hurting now. I'll be right back. And so <laughs> they're in this carriage, and Prince Charming's in there with his mom, the fairy godmother, which yeah. I think is fascinating lore. <laughs> She's like, he endured scorching desert and ah, blistering rain and ah, and is all mad that Prince Charming isn't the one who's married to Fiona. And the dad's like, he didn't get there first. Like, oh, that yeah. didn't for me. And then the fairy godmother's like, he finds a gender confused wolf. Yeah, what's up with the random transphobia? Hello? Honestly, and I'm- Oh, the musical didn't come out till 2008, I think? I think so. Yeah, so this is, I think, our first instance of transphobia in the franchise, then, if that's the case. Yeah. And it's coming from Fairy Godmother, which I also think is interesting as we see her character unfold a little bit more, but we already have seen, like, with her first song with the whole Beauty and the Beast satire scene she's very into like the traditional conformist fairy tale like that is her role she is as conservative fairy tale as you get like yeah (laughs) if fairy tales had republicans that is her but (laughs) so i do think it's interesting that the transphobic character is a character that we're supposed to dislike but like i still feel like it's so difficult to achieve that kind of satire without like harming people in the process because you know two trans people have to sit and hear that line out of nowhere that's true out of the clear blue sky And he's not even gender confused. He's literally just chilling in jammies. Yeah. Reading his Pork Illustrated. I think (laughs) her commentary was because it was like a woman's pajama dress. Yeah, it's the grandma's dress. Yeah. So it's like he literally was dressed up and he's like, you know what? This is comfy. That's it. (laughs) Like, Yeah. yeah, it is interesting. And I think it's interesting, too, that they chose the fairy godmother to be this, like, conservative ass character because, like, in the fairy tales, we learn the fairy godmother is supposed to help and fix everything and yeah they are flipping that on its head entirely as far as they can if the shark franchise is gonna do something it's subverting expectations okay like (laughs) okay so the fairy godmother goes to the drive-thru they drop off harold and she's like you figure out what to do next and hand some an axe so he goes to the seedy little bar called the poison apple where all these villains are hanging out Mm -hmm. and we get another little bout of transphobia yeah um but then he goes to the back room and he gives somebody a large pile of gold to finish the job 
We don't see this person yet. Yeah. Or person. Um, but <laughs> We don't see this guy. <laughs> right. So, oh, the king tries to come to Shrek and pretend like he's apologizing, but Shrek's looking through Fiona's diary and sees where she's put Miss Fiona Charming. Yeah, Mrs. Fiona Charming. Mrs. Oh. Fiona Charming. We also, Charming. we also saw the Sir Justin Timberley <laughs> poster above her bed, and he's, like, realizing how much he's, like, not her type so much yeah. i mean at least at one point was not her type right so yeah. the dad comes tries to pretend to apologize and is like oh meet me here tomorrow and so shrek and donkey go out they get lost all of a sudden we see puss in boots a tiny <laughs> orange cat in boots with a sword he's adorable and he tries to kill him but then they become friends i don't know but <laughs> he does a bad job at trying to kill them at first yeah. he's like clawing him up but it doesn't last long no. and so he doesn't succeed at killing him but immediately pivots to just <laughs> making little baby eyes (laughs) (laughs) honestly same and then that's when he finds out that he's like oh yeah the king came and paid me and shrek's like wait fiona's dad he's like the rich king yeah and shrek's not even mad he's just sad he's like oh he's just hurt that this man tried to kill him off but i feel like the hurt is from him thinking that he was going to be able to patch things over yeah honestly it would be different i think if the dad had to try to pretend to apologize yeah i feel like that's so hurtful yeah so he realizes he has a business card for the fairy godmother and he gets donkey to cry (laughs) it's interesting he didn't even try to cry he's like donkey cry like (laughs) but to figure out where she is and they're now on a little side quest so, yeah. with Boots. Damn, if I had to cry to make a call, like, I would not be able to make calls. <laughs> <laughs> Sedusa! <laughs> Sedusa, please. <laughs> Tell me about something bad that's happened to you recently. <laughs> Alright, lots have happened. A little juicy update here. Yeah. So... We've met Puss in Boots, you know, they rock up to the fairy godmother's place, and there's a little pro-union moment there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They like, go up to the person at the front desk, and at first he's like, oh, she's not here, and tries to just shoo them away, and so they say that they're like union reps. And so his whole tune just changes. Whole tune changes. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we don't even get dental. He's like, they don't even get dental. gonna take a look around and so they let him in they steal a potion well before that they run into the fairy godmother oh yeah and ask for her help directly they run into the fairy godmother and he asked for her help directly and she was just like "Mm, no look at all these books the ogres are just always ogres like no which is wild because if you're claiming to be the most powerful enchantress magic person in the kingdom and you're saying you can't overcome the stereotype that's crazy yeah that's crazy so issue right so she is like no and then they're like okay we'll just go then and then they go to steal a potion yeah (laughs) the worst disguises ever awful just awful like the disguise only fits him on his head it's so great <laughs> and then we have a little bit of a spy moment where Puss in Boots like cuts out the glass with his claw and takes his paw and takes the glass out to steal the bottle and then they get caught and it's a whole chase scene and there's a song that the lyrics are like shit what were the lyrics and something like somebody I shouldn't have fallen in love with or something like that was the theme essentially like mm. this is what happens when you fall in love with somebody you shouldn't have fallen in love with and it's very on brand for what's happening so yeah they steal this potion called the happily ever after potion maximum strength For you and your true love, if one of you drinks this, you both will be fine. Happiness, comfort, and beauty divine. So we know that it's going to affect both of them. 
We don't know quite yet how, but it sounds like it'll be some sort of aesthetic-based thing happening. Yeah. And Donkey offers to drink a little bit as a tester, and nothing happens. And then Shrek drinks a little bit, and he fucking farts. So... (laughs) (laughs) So we think that nothing's going to happen, but I'm sure it's leading up for something unexpected to occur. Yeah. Also, I'm looking at the wiki Shrek, like the wiki for the Shrek phantom, and I guess there was more on the label? Like, I guess someone could see the words on the screen. Oh, like blew it up? Yeah. Someone blew up the words on the label. And it also says, fair relief of symptoms due to common unhappiness. Warning, side effects may include burning, itching, oozing, weeping. Oh my god. Not intended for heart patients or those with nervous disorders. What? (laughs) What? And I'll stop there so as to not spoil, but yeah. Oh, interesting. (laughs) It says, like, the anecdote to the potion. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. That's really giving some medication the FDA approves, though. Like, dead ass. Like, that's literally what- The FDA is wild. Child, don't even get started. (laughs) That might be a whole solo episode. It's just me and my personal beef with the FDA, but I digress. (laughs) But dang, imagine a cure for the common colds, but no, a cure for common unhappiness. (laughs) (laughs) so shrek and donkey pass out and then we see fiona she's like you know what it was a mistake coming here i'm gonna go find shrek but now it's like thundering and she actually says this to her parents yeah she confronts her parents she's like nah no (laughs) and so thundering and she's like looking at the rain and then she passes out too and now it's going into the next moment yeah i think we're gonna see whatever effects the spell had on them Oh my god. So it's the next morning. He wakes up, surrounded by women. He's found the hose. They are right there where Shrek is. Look out, princess. Here comes the new me. Uh, first things first. We need to get you out of those clothes. <gasps> he looks down. Hands are white as fuck. He's like, holy shit. And he's now transformed into this like attractive white guy. And Donkey is now a noble steed. For real, for real. Like, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's like a fully white horse with a blonde mane and everything he's got a weave but <laughs> yeah so all these girls are thirsting after him and arguing who gets to rub him and <laughs> they find out he needs to kiss his true love and they're like i'll be your true love and one of them was like i'll be true enough <laughs> city girls up <laughs> so good and then they go and steal clothes for shrek from these two people on the road and they come back into town and people are thirsting like yes. the horny brigade is out here like <laughs> they are all thirsting and like he's immediately launched into white privilege like that is just the way to describe it like yeah and I feel like the, what are other episodes where we've talked about uglification? Honestly, if you are curious about the concept of uglification, you should listen to the other Shrek episodes, because I think those are the ones where we talked about it. I think it. so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting seeing how uglification really plays a role here. Like, he has not changed personally at all, but his outward appearance, immediately people are finding him more trustworthy, more, like, attractive, kinder, mm-hmm. like, all these things. Like Yeah. So. The fact that there are literally like scientific studies about how people will find attractive people more trustworthy 
and like be more likely to help them with things. Like I feel like there was this one study I read where they had a woman or like different women walk around and like drop things in public and like saw how many people like around them came to help them pick up the things they dropped and like black men never got any assistance like at all. Damn. Yeah, and like it's just interesting the way these well, not interesting, like, ooh, but interesting, right. like, oh. Right. Um, how these dynamics play out. I don't know. I think Shrek 2 is right now doing a good job of, like, not shying away from these facts. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when we talk about the allegory of race and what we about to get into later. Oh, honey. But <laughs> it just, oh, it's so complicated. It's so good. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Also, this is set in Hollywood. Oh, well, yeah. Well, like, a Hollywood spook far, far away. But, yeah. like, far, far away is literally written out like the Hollywood sign. Exactly. And I feel like attractiveness, like, people talk about the atmosphere in mm. California being, like, even more intense. Like That's true. How people will treat you differently based on how attractive you are. So I also think it's an interesting choice that they made it a spoof of Hollywood and, like, they are Hollywood actors in this Hollywood movie. Like, I think it's interesting. Yeah. If you ever heard people say that phrase, like, a Kentucky 10 is, like, an LA 5 or something. Like, anything, ah! like, like, that ass, like, people will, like, literally give LA and California a whole new spectrum of attractiveness and yeah. like which is just wild to me but yeah <laughs> yeah oh I just it's too much it's just too much we're an hour and six minutes in oh my god <laughs> Fiona hadn't woken up yet so they transformed they went into town Fiona wakes up from being transformed mm-hmm. And she freaks out about it, obviously, because she's not used to looking like, right, you know, the human version of herself anymore. And Shrek, human Shrek, arrives at the castle at that point and, like, hears her scream and tries to go in to see what's up. At the same time, she exits the castle and so they miss each other. And then Shrek gets intercepted by the fairy godmother who traps him in a room and makes it so he can't go look for her. And then Prince Charming is waiting at a balcony and pretends that he is the human version of Shrek. Right. Because so far, only the king has seen Prince Charming. Yeah. So she has no idea what he looks like. So she's just like, Shrek? Like... Yeah. And so I bet to her, it's just giving that his personality's all weird now. Yeah. And she doesn't know why. Yeah, this is very off-putting. And the queen was like... Did you have something to do with, like, immediately she's suspicious of the king. She's like, did you have something to do with this? Like, and so then Shrek and Donkey and Puss in Boots are at a bar. They're at the Poison Apple Bar. They're drinking milk to calm their woes. (laughs) And fucking Puss in Boots says, I hate Mondays, which is apparently a Garfield reference I never got. So that's funny. But they're there and then they see the king come in disguised and is like where is she and like goes to the back room and he's trying to talk to her and prince charming and is like hey like let's call this off and they're like um what (laughs) so yeah and then fairy godmother says something vaguely like hey you know when i helped you get your happily ever after i can take it away too it is killing me to not talk about it until we find (laughs) out what this is so shrek overhears all this and then donkey blows their cover because he finds out prince charming is the fairy godmother's son and he's like mom (laughs) 
Yeah, because Prince Charming refers to her as mother. Or yeah. Something, and he's like, mother? <laughs> and so they catch them. They're running away. And it's all scary. And then it cuts to uh, a big celebration night a la award ceremony show. I don't know. Like, there's yeah. a red carpet. There's people. We see Hansel and Gretel, Sleeping Beauty, like all these there's people. There's an orchestral arrangement of the Shrek motif. Yeah. <laughs> so good. And the fairy godmother gets there, goes on the red carpet. And we also see the original fairy tale creatures from the first movie watching at home because they want to cheer on Shrek and Fiona. Yeah. So we see <laughs> Pinocchio and the little pigs and the gingerbread man all watching. Oh, and with all this too, the fairy godmother gave Harold the king a potion to help Fiona fall in love with the next man that she kisses. Since she's not really warming up to Prince Charming, she definitely can tell something's off. So we see him about to spike their tea. So that's not hot girl behavior, but... Nothing the king has done has been hot girl behavior. No, no. Oh my god. Tell me why. There's a Mission Impossible spoof, da-da-da. Okay, boom. (laughs) Pinocchio is in a position where it would be convenient for him, basically, to have his nose be longer. Right. And so they're trying to prompt him to tell a lie so that his nose will grow. Right. And they're like, say something crazy, like, I'm wearing women's underwear. Uh, wearing women's underwear? And then nothing. Nothing happens. Are you wearing women's underwear? No! And then his nose grows. And to defend himself, he exclaims, It's a thong! Oh no, I think the gingerbread man was telling him. He's like, It's a thong! (laughs) He's like, It's not! And then his nose keeps growing. That's really. So he's literally wearing a thong. Why is that not. Like, it's literally a kink. Yeah. A lot of the time for, like, men to wear, like, women's underwear because of the taboo. I, you know. This movie is so kinky. Yeah. Yeah. We also saw where the king went to give Fiona the potion and then had a change of heart. Yeah. So that's interesting. So, <laughs> but the thong is really the thong, the thong, thong, thong. It's really the highlight here. <laughs> Oh, baby, we at the climax. Oh, oh my God, it's the song, everybody. It's the song. It's the fairy godmother singing, I Need a Hero, which is, oh, Bonnie Tyler. I just, she's just so good. Like, you're telling me she came with total eclipse of the heart and holding out for a hero? That's all her? Like, Mm -hmm. anyway, so that's incredible. Fiona's sick of prince charming shit she's like you're not shrek i'm over it and so he's trying to persuade her and dance her all the while shrek gets the idea to make a giant gingerbread man to storm the castle and yeah they go to the muffin man on Drury lane to bake up this gingerbread man whose name is mongo which there's a lot of godzilla references and also apparently mongo is the name of a character in a movie called blazing saddles who's also kind of dim-witted and childish and blazing saddles is also like another like cult classic film that definitely deals with race i haven't seen all of it actually i've seen part of it but it's really funny from what i've seen um, nice. should definitely add that to the rasta <laughs> yeah so they're storming the castle and they the knights launch fire at him and it takes off a gumdrop button and she's like not, not the, the gumdrop button and mongo gets all mad and it's just so good it's such a good scene uh all set to hold an out for a hero like <laughs> okay say what you want to say to the people oh my god it's here now if you haven't watched shrek 2 yet come on it's been almost 20 years too 
we're basically through this movie at this point, so obviously you knew there were spoilers coming, but this is like the big one. So this is your last chance. But so Prince Charming goes to kiss Fiona, thinking that she's been given the potion. She hasn't. So she like caresses his face and then headbutts him immediately. It's great. Yes, it's um, giving Demon Slayer. Yes. <laughs> And so then the fairy godmother was like, I told you, Ocus, don't get happily ever afters. And she tries to zoink Shrek. And the, with her magic wand. With her magic wand, yes. yes. Sorry about that. The zoink is not a word. They can't see you. You're so. right, you're right. So the king, though, jumps in front of him and he gets reduced to something. We, we just see his clothes. We're like, whoa. Yeah, and the zap ricochets off of his armor and hits the fairy godmother and she implodes. Just becomes bubbles. She's like just gone. Like the people in that submarine. Right. Oh. oh. <laughs> just wear the bodies. What bodies? <laughs> Yikes. So, yeah. Back from Ocean Gate. Okay, so <laughs> she implodes and they're all like, is the king? And they're like, yep, he croaked. And he comes out, he's a frog. He's the frog from Princess and the Frog. That's what the fairy godmother had on one this whole time mm-hmm. when she's like, I could take your happily ever after. What? So what What pisses me off, right? What pisses me off is that <laughs> it's not like he left that life behind. His decor is lily pads in his bedroom. All of his furniture and bedding is green. There's a fucking singing fish over the fireplace in the library. I've been seeing all these clues all the And then when he first goes through the bar to hire Puss in Boots, there's like a lady frog that looks up at him and is like, do I know you? You look familiar. <laughs> and so like, there's all these clues going into this. He literally goes, no, you must have me confused with someone else. Right, the gaslighting for me. Like, <laughs> so it's just, so here we go back into the race allegory of it all. Because if you can imagine, if being an ogre is akin to being black, right? Mm-hmm. Shrek is unambiguously black all the time. Fiona steps in and out of it very much like a mixed person, I think, is kind of how I interpret that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's supported even more that her dad is like a black person who somehow like was able to leave his scenario and pass tried to build this life to get like hyper gamey and everything to Mm -hmm. marry up to like make his life supposedly better for his family hoping fiona wouldn't end up like him and then she goes and marries an ogre and steps into that life herself right which is why the king got so mad (laughs) because he oh he's just a He's just passing himself. (laughs) So, yeah, that's just, like, really interesting to break it all down like that. And that's literally, in the movie even, that's why he is upset. He's like, well, I was, like, this green amphibian who got my heavily ever after. (laughs) It just, it's all coded for race. like Yeah, also the green, just everywhere. Green. Everywhere. So, yeah, and it's just very dramatic. Oh, poor Mongo. R.I.P. Mongo Trail. And then Puss in Boots does his classic, like, cute face to hold off the knights and everything. But yeah, so now, that's the big climax, but now we're about to see what happens with Shrek and Fiona. (laughs) So, we have passed the climax of the film, and I wanted to bring up the label that was on the spell bottle that they stole. Yeah, so to make the effects of the potion permanent, the drinker must obtain his or her true love's first kiss by midnight. That was the last line that I didn't read off earlier. And it just came to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like, Fiona, do you want to stay like this forever? As like, or like white people, human cells. And she's like, I will want any princess wants to live happily ever after. So he goes in to kiss her and she stops him. And she's like, with the ogre I fell in love with. Yeah. Which is just so beautiful. And then they turn back into ogres. 
with their thick ass, fine ass selves and then they get to other lives. And I think it's also, I don't know, it's just really sweet, especially because I know with me and Harley, like Harley has said similar things. Like, you know, the version I met of you now is like the version I fell in love with, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think is just, I don't know, it's just such a, a great message for people. You could change. Maybe there are versions of yourself yeah. that you think would be better, but the version of you that your partner fell in love with is that version, whatever it is. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's nice. And so now the dad's a frog, they're ogres, they're dancing, plus some boots and donkey putting on a concert. Oh, do we know what happened to Prince Charming yet? I don't think so. Did he just fuck off? I guess, because they're doing like the end credit little number. Yeah. Though nothing will ever compare to that mashup at the end of Shrek. That's true. It's so so good. good. (laughs) Yeah, I'm curious what the last 11 minutes of this are going to look like. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm a believer. <laughs> okay, so that was pretty much the end. Everybody's happy, they're dancing. But then we did hear the last little bit here. Oh yeah, so fun fact, there are two versions of... Oh wait, what's the song called? Holding Out for a Hero. Oh yeah, there are two versions of Holding Out for a Hero in this movie. And I read that fact before we watched it, so I was like listening for it the whole movie and I didn't hear it. We heard Holding Out for a Hero like during the climax, of course, but then another version does play in the end credits. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> it's not amazing, but it is another version. <laughs> that it sure did happen. Yeah. Also, why is Mongo not drowned but fucking in the water still alive, just stuck? Like Yeah, I hate that for him. Horrible. Actually. Absolutely horrible. Literally. Now, any true Shrek 2 fan knows the best part is actually Far, Far Away Idol, which is a DVD extra after credit bonus feature. (laughs) And it's a spoof of American Idol with a literal rendition of Simon. Right. Right next to Fiona and Shrek. Like, it is so much. It's so awkward, too, because it's like, since they had to make it try to look like Simon Cowell, it's not really in line with the rest of the art style. Right. So it looks so strange. It really does. It really does. But essentially, you could, like, pick who you thought was the winner when you played the game as the DVD extra. And there was a bunch of different reactions that Simon Cowell could have. I actually have like a YouTube compilation of all the ways that he like saltily says he's unsatisfied with your selection. (laughs) Um, But I did look it up and apparently an online competition took place after this DVD was released. And the public voted for like a winner. And so that winner was Doris. Oh. And also apparently if you picked Doris, Simon would sing like he would have a positive reaction when you played the DVD game. Was that them trying to correct their transphobia? Like what? I don't know. Honestly, I think the three blind mice took it. That's what I was about to say. Literally, what did they do wrong besides not have an accessible stage experience? Like, right? The vocals were giving. And they had harmonies and everything. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> That's so funny. Spoiler alert, Simon doesn't like anybody you choose. <laughs> All the after DVD bonus features are so great. They're so yes. cute. <laughs> wow. Wow, what a fun journey. I felt like I kept thinking about it. Like, I don't think I could say Shrek 2 is better than the first Shrek because the first Shrek gave us the franchise. Like, it established this whole thing. But Shrek 2 is one hell of a sequel. Like, yeah, it really is. One of the better sequels, I think, of a movie, period. Honestly. And, like, I don't know. I rewatched 3 and 4, and I realized that I didn't hate 3 as much as I thought I did. But I do feel like it definitely is not of the same caliber. 
Yeah. Um, four, I think, has a very interesting premise, and I actually did like a lot of what it did, but I'm also curious to see if it stands up to the caliber upon yeah. retrospection. And I haven't seen three and four... Well, not forever, but it's been, like, maybe a year or two. Like, I don't really remember much about them. Same. So I look forward to seeing, you know, if my opinion about them changed. Because I feel like in my mind I liked them. But, yeah, still just not nearly as much as Shrek and Shrek 2. Yeah, they just... Uh, Shrek 2 is honestly so good, you probably wouldn't even have to watch the first Shrek. Yeah. But I would never tell anybody that because, like, you need to watch the first Shrek. It's just so good. But, like... You do. And I feel like there are so many references that just hit a little better. If that's you true. the first one and you know what they're referring to. Absolutely. But yeah, and then the third one gets into him not wanting to be king and finding King Arthur. Yeah, it's just... There's a whole lot of yeah, more stuff Yeah, you know, coming. I feel like I might have been soft to Shrek 3 because I had a King Arthur fixation as a child. That's fair. So, <laughs> me, little autistic Harley, my special interests included King Arthur. Yeah. I, like, really loved reading and watching anything that was even remotely a King Arthur adaptation. There's so many, like... It's true. Yeah. It's true. It's a very commonly adapted story. I don't think it was a hyperfixation, but I did have a lot of King Arthur media yeah. in my life, so I definitely understand that. And maybe, like, I just didn't like how they did his character, honestly, but... Fair. I guess we'll get into that, but... <laughs> yeah, we will. Yeah. <laughs> Stay Shrexy! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. If you want to keep up with us, we're on all sorts of social media and you can check us out on our website, which is linked right in this episode description. Yeah, the description might be a tad long, so click see more and you should be able to see it. Also, check out our merch. We have a bunch of really cute merch that you should go enjoy because it's absolutely fucking adorable. I'm obsessed with it. Like, objectively obsessed with it. <laughs> yes, we have all sorts of stuff, including a Yassified Lord Farquaad that yeah. I designed myself. It is so good. There's a pro-evil radical femme design that's on a bunch of merch. I have a duffel bag and a tote bag for it because I'm so obsessed with it. Like It's just so good for all your evil bimbo needs. Go check it out. Yeah, go check us out. And thanks for listening. Bye! <laughs> Hell yeah. Music by Audionautics.com